One of the greatest and I came to kill it I'm the biggest problem when I'm in the building Money on my mind, I came to take it all Got my gurus right behind me, the revolution's born podcast this is for everybody we're letting everyone out there get a little taste of what we do over here uh i'm tommy g you can find me on twitter at tommy g my boy jeff collins at jeff k collins and a special guest who i'll announce in a second but what's up jeff hey tommy how you doing doing good bro last night was a little uh little cock tease for uh for nba huh both of us had barely bubbled in that 1kq and uh I squeaked into some of the other contests, like the 300 and stuff, but I know, uh, yeah, it was a rough night sweating that that end of that Clippers-Grizzly game, for sure. Yeah, you needed, like, you needed just a couple points. You needed, like, half a point out of Vince Carter in the last six minutes of play just to cash some stuff. Yeah. So, that wasn't fun. And I want to introduce our special guest, one of my good friends. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Our boy, Ty Dillon. You can hit him up on Twitter, at Ty Dillon. NASCAR driver extraordinaire and DFS monster plays every DFS sport. Not just, I don't even think you're allowed to play NASCAR, right, Ty? Uh, not really. <laughs> not really. <laughs> Take with that what you want. Yes. Uh, but you've been playing DFS for a while. I mean, you've gotten real close over the last year. I've actually, you know, been to your house, been to the trailer, been to races with you. Uh, we're talking about doing some more stuff together here at uh, Guru Elite. We won't let that cat out of the bag just yet. But talk to some people about how you've been involved with DFS for, for a while now. Yeah, just so people aren't confused, I don't live in a trailer. But uh, <laughs> you know, I'm from the north. So <laughs> at the races, is the yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I just um, yeah, I've always been a fantasy guy my my whole life. Um, kind of started the first league with my family a long time ago. Um, been huge, like always, loved statistical side of, of sports. I played a lot of football and baseball and all the sports growing up. Um, then my racing career took off, and now I'm at a point where uh, I'm in my third full season in the Xfinity Series, and I'm going full-time cup racing and Xfinity racing next year. So if you're a NASCAR fan, you'll be seeing a lot of me. Um, but, you know, last year I, I started getting into DFS um, and kind of got hooked up with Stevie, uh, TPFL, and uh, met him at a racetrack one time, me and him became pretty good friends and we're texting each other and then I was messaging him because I listened to uh Sirius XM all the time I was like there's this this guy's he's, he's such a jackass on the radio <laughs> I think we need to get hooked up with him he's like well actually I'm good friends with him so lo and behold we uh got your number started texting come pretty good friends and uh got you out to a race earlier this year and um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been fun, and and my knowledge of DFS is growing. Probably just like everybody's is, the industry's getting bigger and bigger. And um, it's I'm really excited for you guys and and the Guru DF, DFS elite guys. Um, I actually met John Hansen last year, um, the Guru uh, at the Sirius XM uh, Celebrity Fantasy League, where I finished second to Pilar last year. Um, yeah, how'd that feel? Uh, it wasn't as bad as it, what it could have been, but it, to her, it, it made it better. So, Pilar, Pilar's a good friend of mine. She talks a lot of shit. That she yeah. Up for that. 
No, she did. She was she was the, going into it. We were both on his show, and she was like, oh, he's going to murder me. And I'm like, this is the third week in a row where somebody I, – I would call into the show, and the previous person would be like, yeah, your team's rolling. Because I had – I mean, I had the, the Panthers right at the hot time. I had the right – and everybody, yeah, shockingly. Um, and they were hot, and everybody's like, there's no way. And uh, sure enough, her team came out. And, and really, I think she beat me by, like, five points. It was, like, a small doesn't victory. doesn't matter. You still lost to a girl. Don't that's bad. That, that didn't help. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of how it all got started. I've always been a fan of, of uh, John Hansen and, and the Guru group. And then when you told me you are partnering up, I was like, this is going to be awesome. And sure enough, everybody's jumping on board, and you guys are killing it. Yeah, we, we appreciate it. And uh, Ty is, full disclosure, out the gate, probably the biggest Carolina Panthers fan you're ever going to meet in your entire life. And I talk tons and tons of shit to him about Cameron. Oh, yeah. I think he's garbage. So we figured what better time than to unveil our secret weapon here. Race season's coming to an end. Last race this week. Uh, going to have a couple months off after that. You're going to be hearing a lot more of Ty Dillon on uh, FantasyGuruElite.com. But we brought in our Carolina Panthers expert. So before we kick over to the Thursday night game, we're going to talk about the Vegas lines. We'll go over some injuries, go over some chalk plays of this week, kind of, you know, kind of high level most of it being that it's early in the week and most of the hardcore research gets done Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday. Uh, Jeff, why don't you touch us on uh, kind of what's going on with NBA? I know MMA absolutely slaughtered this week. We came out big. We came out promoting the shit out of it. Mikey absolutely nutted the card. Uh, me and you, Jeff, are tied for the bracket challenge in MMA. We have a playoff this week. <laughs> we don't know the first fucking thing about it. We both just read Mad Lab's article, built the same lineup, and won. So uh, enough about that. But talk to us a little bit about what's going on with uh, NBA right now, Jeff. NBA is going really well, dude. So I went on your show yesterday, did a little guest spot, gave out, I don't know, what, five, six plays, something like that. I think they all hit. I'm pretty sure they all hit. Nuts, dude. You basically told everyone to play Giannis, Steph, Durant, and then you gave two value plays I'd never heard of. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it went off. Uh, yeah. So, so that, that went well. Um, you know, talked a little bit about how I barely missed cashing in a queue, which cashing in a queue was pretty tough. Cashed some other contests. That was good. Give myself a run at the queues. But, yeah, content is going great doing shows with Dad. Dad's giving out these sleeper picks that no one's even heard of. Almost went myself. And uh, – who did he, who did Benny have the other day? Oh, Trey Lyles. So uh, Benny had Trey Lyles, who was like one percent owned by everyone. Thad heard Benny talk about Trey Lyles on the show, used him in one of his lineups, almost won a queue with Trey Lyles. So it's like everyone's coming up with these sneaky picks that no one even has on their rosters, and it's it's been pretty fun. Yeah, I mean the optimizer's still doing really well. I got a tweet yesterday from someone saying the FanDuel optimizer came in 90th out of 100, and I was like, okay, what's it like 16 and three now? But no, I don't know what the real record is. But I mean that thing is just white hot fire, guys. It's not going to win every single night. Uh, I get a lot of other people asking, you know, because we get a lot of screenshots. People are going, I use the optimizer. Why did this guy win a GPP and I didn't? Well, I mean my strategy is really to use one or two of Jeff's plays. Like last night, it would have been Giannis, Curry, and Durant and then let the optimizer build around it, or even just one of those three. So I think we're going to talk today. We have the Game Theory Thursday coming up today. That'll be uh, at 5 p.m. on the show. Me and Jeff do that. So I'll let Jeff handle the NBA talk. I'll talk a little pucks. And then we're going to spend the last half hour handling everything from bankroll management to game theory to how to use the optimizer. Uh, that is for subscribers only. So make sure you guys get over there and check that out. Any questions you, you guys have, I shortened the hashtag for you. Because it was hashtag Game Theory Thursday, but now you could just do hashtag GTT, 
and that way it'll come uh, come right to our thread and we'll answer those questions. So let's get started. Jeff, talk to me a little bit about what you're seeing in the Vegas lines and then uh, before we get to the Thursday night game this week. Well, I mean, let me just start with that one because that's one of the most attractive ones, right? 53 and a half uh, total is what I opened up at with Carolina as a four and a half point favorite. So it's like you're probably going to want to play them some Thursday through Monday um, DFS this week because one of the best games of the week is in that slate. I like that one. I also like the Monday night game as well. Houston, Oakland, that's the one in Mexico City, I believe. Um, that's a pretty good one as well. So I make sure you're playing some Thursday through through Monday DFS. The other games that kind of stand out, you've got Tennessee, Indianapolis, 53.5 projected total there, uh, minus 3.5 for Indianapolis. You've got the Patriots playing the Niners this week in San Francisco. That's a 51.5 projected total with New England as minus 14 favorites. So, you know, everyone's going to be rostering LeGarrette Blunt this week. But those are the couple that stand out. Yeah, and Ty, me and you were talking before about how we might have some interest in that Green Bay-Washington game, right? Yeah, definitely. I was, uh, you know, just looking through some of my lineups that I've, you know, kind of have a skeleton set. But um, I was wondering, I, I think I, I like Kirk Cousins and I kind of like James Crowder again. Um, but I want to kind of combat that with somebody. I don't know whether to go with uh, Jordy or Adams. And I was wondering, I don't think, I don't think they'll have – I don't feel like they'll have Norman Chase and Jordy around the field. He usually kind of stays on one side. I don't know what your opinion is on that. Yeah, I mean, that's – I mean, you usually like to – you know, that correlation play for those of you guys out there. You know, when you're stacking an offense, it's always good to play a receiver from the other side uh, just because in order for, you know, the quarterback and receivers to keep going nuts, you're going to need some scoring from the other team. Jeff, what's your early take on that? I mean, we got a bunch of injuries too, which we'll go over in a minute. Uh, a couple guys from that game, if I'm not mistaken, I think Montgomery and who was the other one? Was it Cobb? Yeah, Cobb's got a hammy right now and is limited, and Montgomery has an illness, didn't practice. So I'm assuming an illness on Wednesday practice report. He'll be fine by Sunday. But is Jordy the guy you'd look at, or are you afraid of Norman there? Uh, well, I think it all depends on who's healthy, because if Cobb is healthy, he's probably going to play the slot right. If he's not healthy, then I imagine Jordy's going to be in the slot a bit. Mm -hmm. So I think we just kind of have to wait and see uh, who else is going to be playing that game. I think Cobb's going to play. So um, I like whoever's in the slot, because whoever's in the slot is not going to be covered by Norman. Um, I think that's the way I would go. Yeah, and we got to wait on the shadow report. Uh, a couple good places to go for that, Mike Clay and Pro Football Focus, who I lean on most for stuff like that. Uh, a couple games to avoid on here on the Vegas Vegas side of things, Ty. What are you What are you looking to lay off here, or games or teams, either one? I, I think the one I'm always scared of the big blowout games. I, I never know where to to you know put put my tokens in as far as who I want to play in those games because especially with New England having what looks like to be a, a blowout of a game against the 49ers. And then their offense, you can't ever tell what their options are going to be outside of Gronk and, and Brady to play. Um, who knows? They might come out and run the ball 100 times with Garrett Blunt, or they might throw the ball and just murder uh, the 49ers. Hopefully, uh, you know, Bill Belichick seems like a pretty good guy. He is uh, – he is he did support Trump, so maybe <laughs> – Yeah, we like uh, that. Maybe he's going to dominate Colin Kaepernick. So, um, <laughs> I don't know. It just, uh, it's hard to pick for me on those games, especially and then going to the Steelers-Cleveland game. I, I don't know whether where to be on that one either. If I want to be on Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell uh, or what's going to happen with that game. But I, I mean, do know I like some options on the Cleveland side too. Those hey, are Tommy, both. Yeah. 
I've got to stay away for you. How about the uh, Jerry Goff's first start against Miami? He got <laughs> L.A. and Miami, 41.5 projected total there, no favorite. I think that game's going to be ugly. I'm going to say this. I think I, I'm going to do more research on this and dig a little bit. Oh, no. I, no, 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 no. You're going to play Jerry Goff, huh? No, no, no. I'm not playing Goff. I'm not playing Goff. But I am considering Gurley. I am for the first time. I wrote him off. He's actually on the uh, Elite Mafia hit list for what we do on the show. And I haven't taken him off the hit list yet because I haven't played him. But I'm a little curious to see if – because for me, it doesn't make sense how he's this bad. And you're talking to the guy who passed him up with the six pick in a $1,000 league because I wasn't, I wasn't bought in on Gurley and I wasn't bought in on that line. But at $5,000 over there on DK, I mean, you're getting down to the doldrums. You know, you're, you're talking like James White price over there. Alf Morris is 4700 maybe golf maybe a little motivation maybe the little adrenaline Miami's not the greatest run D would be interesting to see if uh if Gurley could pop so I, I might have that as a sneaky play got to do a little more research on it but I'm in agreement with what you're saying Ty I've had a problem with these two games uh the Steelers game and the Patriots game and we'll go deeper into this this weekend but I mean it is risky because a lot of people are coming out going oh running backs versus the Niners got to go with Garrett Blunt you also have a little bit of the narrative of New England's coming off a loss you know, Brady wanted to get suspended. You know, he didn't want to get suspended, but wanted to come off the suspension and still win the MVP. So he threw for no touchdowns last week. This could be a situation where they just try and get Brady five touchdowns or whether they just go what every other team's done and just grind the ground game out. Blunt's a little more expensive than he's been. His ownership's going to be higher than it's ever been. And kind of the same thing with the Steelers game. I mean, I think the Steelers game is a little more of a situation where you can play Lev Bell and Antonio Brown and Ben um, just because, you know, obviously the there's no Coates. There's probably no Wheaton. You know, there's really nothing else there except Rodgers, Brown, and, uh, and Lev Bell. But you do have a blowout potential there, too, if they get up by, by 17 points. So over the course of the weekend, we'll talk a little bit more about those games, get a little deeper into it. Let's touch before we get into the Thursday night. I'm just going to run through a little bit of the Guru injury report. You guys stop me if you see anything that you think is really interesting. Uh, Palmer was rested. He's fine. Dalton was limited. He'll be fine. Romo is going to be the backup. Russell Wilson went full. Um, Ty, is Russell Wilson back? Is I mean, I still don't 100% feel like he's back because I still didn't see the rushing yards last week. But we're coming off some really good performances in a row from him. And this is the guy who last year did the same thing, was garbage for the first half of the season and then was an MVP for the second half. I think so. I think what I kind of saw in the game was he has that – he's starting to do that, like, play-action bootleg, and that's kind of his easy money. When he rolls out like that, he can get his feet planted and he's not hobbling along. He seems to nail those passes every time. That's kind of where I like to see him, and he did it some more last week. Um, and the fact that he can just scramble away a little bit better, I think just opens up some more options for them. And then I think everybody's going to be on him now, trying to catch that uh, Russell Wilson, Doug Baldwin streak that they had last year where they were just just lighting it up. So uh, it might be a little bit higher owned too, than what people think. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. He did look more mobile. He's still not rushing. He's still not, you know, rushing for many yards, but he is moving out of the pocket a little bit better. Jeff, what's your take on, on Yeah, this? so the broadcast actually did a decent job of pointing out that he got rid of that ankle brace that he was right. wearing. That's a big thing. The problem is he still has that knee brace. So I think that his mobility is going to be a little bit impacted still, but, you know, obviously it's a big step that that ankle brace is gone. So we're making progress. We're still not back to the – uh, you know, the, the Russell Wilson that we grew accustomed to the last couple of years, but it's a step forward. Yeah. I think and the it, Russell that everybody's looking for is the one where 
he can take off at the end of the fourth quarter and run for a first down whenever they need it and get those 10 yards, 10 yards, all the way down the field and then get the touchdown at the end. And I, I don't think he's got that. I think with the knee brace, it looks like he can't go like east to west very well, but it looks like he can get out of some trouble in the pocket and get, get the ball away. And that's, and that's important. You know, I mean, Ty, you know, I was texting with you last year. You remember those two monster weeks I had, week 16 and then the second week of the playoffs. Both of those were Russell Wilson Baldwin weeks. One had curse on it. Yeah. And, you know, it was – I love Russell Wilson. I mean, he's, it was probably 180 grand in those two weeks. So, he, he forever has a place in my heart. But I've been saying all year, the day he gets rid of the knee brace, the day I'm going all in, the problem right now, which is fucking pissing me off, is that he's starting to do well without it. So he's not going to be contrarian. I was kind of hope, hoping he was going to keep shit in the bed until he lost that knee brace. So that'll be interesting. We move over to running back position. And again, I'm just going to run through these quick. Jonathan Stewart seems fine, right, Ty? Yeah, I think so. Especially with Khalil back, I think uh, this could be a game where if they get the ball down to the two, three, he could get two or three touchdowns again. Last, last game, I think Khalil was in was the game. He had three touchdowns. So um it could be one of those nights again which kind of scares me a little bit off cam um it's either gonna be cam or uh stewart getting all the touchdowns and i feel like yeah it's it's a little worrisome i have a little bit of a sweat going tonight which i guess i can i guess anyone chasing me it doesn't matter if they're gonna pivot or not but yeah so stewart was on the injury report he looks fine uh theo riddick was limited uh he'll he should be good frank gore was rested he's fine he's just old as shit Asiata, no one's rostering that shithead anyway. Darkwad, no one's rostering him. D'Angelo, Hyde went full. He should be a go. Think he might be interesting versus New England. I'll talk about that later. Thomas Rawls went full. Looks like he's going to play. Michael's out. Uh, Jeff, were you surprised at all about the cutting of Michael? No. They've done it like four or five times. <laughs> they just bring him back next week if they need him. Right? They'll just get him from Green Bay somehow. <laughs> they'll get him right back from Green Bay. They'll give him a box of footballs and they'll get him back. Once Green Bay realizes he's a moron. But, uh, yeah, ProSize is going to be interesting. We'll talk about him in the chalk report coming up towards the end of this. Uh, quiz didn't practice. Not a big deal. Martin's going to be the lead over there. And DeMarco Murray uh, sat out yesterday uh, with a toe or foot, but he did that last week too and then ran for a 75-yard touchdown and threw one. So not too worried about that. Anything at the running back position that scares you guys as far as injuries this week? Not with anybody I'm, I'm worried about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't look like anyone on there is too scary. Let's go through the wide receivers real quick. Fitz, um, Fitz, I'm a little worried about. I don't know if he's going to play. I don't think we like to target too many guys versus Minnesota, even though their defense is tailed off. It doesn't make sense to me how you could be that dominant and then tail off this drastically. So I'm, I'm expecting some regression towards the good side of that mean. Uh, Woods was limited. Royal and Marquise Wilson is an interesting one. Uh, they're both limited. Both should be fine. We have no Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, got popped for PEDs. I think a lot of 35% of the industry, which is he got popped the week before, so they didn't play him last week. But, Jeff, any interest in Royal, Marquise Wilson, or Meredith? Might as well throw him in there, too. I'm going to be all over Marquise Wilson if he's good to go and uh, not going to be limited at all. Like, that, that is a guy I've been waiting for to come back. So, um, I'm hoping we get good reports and that he's a full guy. I hope they don't just work him in slowly. Like, I, I, I hope he's just not limited because that's where you want to pounce. So, We'll see. We'll have to pay attention to the reports, but it looks fairly encouraging so far. Interesting. I'm actually, he's actually probably third on my list, so we'll have to talk about this more on Saturday. Oh. Ty, what about you? If you had to go Eddie Royal, Meredith, or Wilson, who would be your guy? I was going to say Wilson. I've always kept my eye on Wilson. My, my wife went to Washington State. That's where he went to college. Um, they, I think they were around – they went to school at the same time. So she's like I, – I we were watching the draft when he got drafted by the Bears. She's like, oh, I, I've seen that guy at my school. So – um, I've kept my eye on him. He seems like he's pretty good. And that's that was kind of be like my sneaky Millie Maker guy that I was going to 
you know, stashing some, some lineups. I think everybody's going to be on Meredith and Royal and Zach Miller and maybe discount him if he doesn't play, if he plays. Yeah, that's interesting. I actually have some interest in Royal, so we'll have to study the ownership. What's funny is I, I hear everyone talking about Royal. I've heard one or two Marquise Wilson. Everyone, you know, obviously thinks is Miller will get an uptick. And Meredith is probably the most, you know, big play-oriented athletic guy on that team who just hasn't done anything for the last three weeks. But I'd be curious to see if he's the one who ends up fucking the whole industry over. Uh, LaFell not worried about Hawkins, not worried about Cobb and Montgomery. Both look okay. Macklin didn't practice this week. He might be out. Was Hill a fluke last week, guys? Or was this something that we're going to see more of with, with Tyreek Hill? I mean, he's not a fluke. He's a pretty talented guy that they look to find creative ways to get him the ball. It's just a matter of how much volume is he going to get? Like how many different ways can they get creative with him? But uh, mild interest in him. I had mild interest in him last week. Didn't end up on any team. So kind of the same thing this week. I, I have some interest, but I'm not sure if he's going to end up on a team or not. Yeah, and I think his ownership should go up. Ty, is this a guy on your radar, Tyreek Hill? I mean, 13 targets last week. I don't, I don't, I don't expect to see that again. But well, is this a guy that you're looking at? That was against my team, so I, I did watch every snap of that game. Um, he uh, early in the game, he had um, he had a beat deep, and Alex Smith threw a long ball for him, which is like 20 yards. <laughs> but he he underthrew it, of course. He underthrew it, and it got picked off. But Tyreek Hill had him beat deep, and that would have made his game even way bigger um, I think it was Hill um, uh, but they had him beat deep so I think if he goes deep and then he gets seven grabs if he doesn't he, he maybe not get as many targets I think he's gonna have a huge game especially for his price I, I like him even though the Panthers defense is is not the best but they they're at full strength for the Panthers yeah and you've talked about that we're gonna get into the Thursday night game in a minute uh, you were the one who actually called the turnaround of the Panthers D a couple weeks ago Ty, so we'll, we'll get to that in a minute as far as, you know, why you think they're much improved and they're not the same defense that was getting their, you know, ass handed to them the whole beginning of the season. Uh, I'm going to have to wait to see it. That's going to be more of an ownership call for me on Tyreek Hill. So I'm going to do a little studying and, and read up on a lot of Twitter and a lot of other sites, see how high owned he's going to end up being. And then I'll probably make a call on that based on that. Uh, Landry and Stills, limited. Both should play. Treadwell, not worried. Hogan, Edelman were limited. They're gonna, both going to be fine. Sammy Coates, fucking we find out after the game he's got two broken fingers, piece of shit, fucking had him on. I, only, I didn't have him on a lot of lineups, but I had him on the one lineup that literally had a shot at the million. So that was fun, getting a zero from him. And my Thunderdome was fun. Uh, Deshaun Jackson's probably the only other one, unsure if he's going to return. So we'll wait on that. But I do like Crowder. Sounds like you do too, Ty. Uh, let's get over to tonight's game. Uh, Ty, I'm going to start with you. You're the Carolina fan. You're our Carolina expert. Uh, talk to me about the Panthers. Um, well, I think it's looking good for John Stewart. I think more and more people are starting to realize that too. Um, so I think you're gonna—he's gonna have some more ownership than what people are gonna realize. Um, he worries me a little bit about Cam Newton. I think this is the Carolina's last chance of maybe still possibly having a shot at the playoffs. So if they go back to their old guns where they're running the ball and they're optioning it, it could be you know all day Cam and and John Stewart. Cam ran the ball a couple times, looked good last week around the ball. Um, but with Khalil back, I think that's what they're going to try and push to do. Um, their defense-wise, offense, I, I don't know. I can't ever tell with Calvin Benjamin. Like, he doesn't even – they're not even really looking to him in the red zone right now. Last year or two years ago when he was healthy, it was almost automatic. Cam was going to look to him first time, first try to go to, to Kelvin to get in the end zone, and they're just not doing that. So, um, I think you're going to get 13, 14 points out of Calvin Benjamin. He's going to catch, I don't know, seven or eight balls and, um, you know – 
might get 80 yards, 90 yards. It just depends on, on how many tackles he breaks when he catches his uh, passes. Um, Greg also not, right. not to not to cut you off there, but just to confirm what you just said, Calvin Benjamin has two red zone targets since week seven. Yeah, that's, so, that's disgraceful for a guy his size. And I like I go off like when I watch, I'm I'm watching if Cam's even looking his way, and it's it's right. not even really that that's not even really an option. So, um, and and I don't know, it's it's hard to predict their passing game in the red zone. They've been going to trying to run the ball in as much as possible, or they're going to Greg Olson. So. Um, or the, the pass isn't even from the red zone to get in the end zone. But uh, Greg Olson, I think, can, can have a pretty big game tonight. I think you want to be you know, careful with what you do with him. I, I think Kenny Vaccaro is kind of underrated as far as, as his covering. Um, their defense is flipping to Carolina's defense and Saints' offense. Um, their defensive line is, is killing it. So I'm not I, – I would be afraid to even mess with the Saints' running game. Um I'm a little confused because last game they played, you guys were on Fleener, and uh, I was like, there's no way this guy has a good game. Well, he had like a two-yard run-in touchdown and some yeah. joke of a play down the middle where he ran the wrong route or Willie Sneed, one of them <laughs> ran the wrong route, and he caught a pass and went in the end zone. So I thought that was just trash. Um, he did have a couple more targets than that, but I don't really see it happening uh, at home for Carolina. I don't see Fleener having a good game. With Luke Keekley, uh, Trey Boston had a pick last week, so maybe he's got some momentum and some confidence going in this week. I don't see Fleener doing well, but I see Brandon Cooks lighting him up. Um, he's so fast. We we drafted young, big corners, so we don't really have the quick slot guy to really cover him. Um, they've been using McLean. Shaq Thompson is back. He's really fast. I actually know him pretty well. He's a good dude. Uh, but he's coming off a knee injury, so I think – probably not 100%, so Brandon Cooks looks really good, Willie Sneed, and then Mike Thomas is kind of their underrated hero there. Yeah, he's definitely. So, Jeff, basically uh, taking all that in, what do you agree with? What do you disagree with? Don't be don't be afraid to tell Ty he's a fucking idiot if you think he yeah. is, even though, even though that was a pretty good analysis. <laughs> I, I, I wish he would have said something stupid so I could say that, but uh, no, <laughs> I agree with most of that. And I'm actually – as you guys are doing that, I'm pulling up DraftKings, and Marquise Wilson isn't even on the play, in the player pool. Tommy. Stop. Stop. Can you do something about this? I need, oh like, a 10-minute rant on your radio show. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'll hit that on. I'm going national with that. Yeah, I'm going <sighs> to save that for the serious show. <laughs> Fandle's on it again. Like, Fandle is on top of I don't the- know what the fuck happened this year where, Ty, and we played both last year. Jeff, you played both last year. I mean – it used to be Fandle that was the fucking morons. That yeah. that was like the soccer players from, you know, Amsterdam or whatever the hell those guys are from, who would always have a player on there like three weeks late. Now it's DraftKings. Like the company is built with former poker pros and DFS pros. Like the whole goddamn reason the industry got in trouble was because of, you know, too many people playing on DraftKings, too many players at their site winning money on other sites and stuff. Like, you should be the ones who – why does Marquise Wilson ever leave the player pool? Can I ask someone that? What, is it really saving your company that much fucking data to take that name off the player pool? Why can't we do it like in MLB where you have that little button, like probable starter button, where everyone is exposed once that happens? I don't understand why anyone needs to ever leave the player pool, especially when it's not news that he was going to be coming back around this time. It makes no fucking sense. Especially when you're you're starving for that three thousand guy on yeah. your uh, on your flex position, and you're looking through those names that are actually down there at three thousand that you've never even heard of that are never going to get a shot. 
that are probably on the practice squad. And then you don't have a guy who actually had some pretty good production last year before he got hurt. So one fucking dinked a million. I mean, this guy, Marquise Wilson's like a cult hero in this industry. I mean, this is, it's fucking disgraceful. And of course it's the week Alshon gets popped for steroids too, where not only is he going to be back, but he might be a, he might be their number one fucking receiver this week. So they need to come up with a way to edit it. And, and somehow if they screw up where they can just control all delete and resend out, pricing again well, like they, they, their, their response to it is that you know some people put their lineups in on monday and never look back like really that one person can go fuck himself because yeah. you know, the other yeah. 1.4 million of us are pretty pissed off but like the people that are playing on DraftKings, they're they're wanting stuff every single day of the week to to change their lineups they're changing their lineups every hour when they get bored and they're looking at their phone yeah. and app so they're definitely going to be able to add that guy and adding that guy really doesn't hurt anyone. It's not like it cost anyone money. It just helps people who are on top of it. But God forbid anyone who's sharp gets any advantage in this industry anymore. It's just they're trying to cater it to the fucking morons all the time. But uh, So, yeah, Jeff, I'm sure we'll be talking a lot more about this. Huh? Like, obviously, I'm just going to boycott DraftKings this week. <laughs> so, no, he's min price on FanDuel. So, of course, if – all reports are good, you know, again, something where you have to keep an eye on. It's not like he's a slam dunk right now or anything. But And the thing that sucks is that he's actually a better play on DraftKings. I know. You know. Like, you need the salary more on DraftKings. I've been building lineups on both, and it's so easy on FanDuel this week. But, you know, you actually need the salary a little more, salary relief a little more over there. And he's, you know, probably going to make his living on targets and, and receptions this week. So that fucking sucks that he's not over there. So we'll start the Trump protests for DraftKings. So if any of you guys want to join us in the streets of Boston, we're going to start picketing uh, DraftKings this week. So, Jeff, finish off with a little more of your analysis about the game tonight, who you like. Yeah, I mean, Ty covered it pretty well, like, and better than I could, really. It's um, it's just more a matter of game theory, I guess, and figuring out, like, hey, how popular are all these players going to be on the Thursday to Monday? And do I want to take the chance that it's not going to shoot out? Because it looks like it's going to be a shootout, right? Like these, these two teams, you figure are going to be a lot of points on the board. But I know from personal experience, sometimes that doesn't happen. Last week I was all in on Tom Brady. He had zero touchdown passes, like you said. So it's like um, sometimes you just fade it. Every, you, you know for the last however many years – Thursday ownership has gotten higher ownership than it should. This year we saw that scale back a little bit, but I'm wondering if on a with a game like this, a super high total, I think this is the first Thursday night game this year with a total over. I could be wrong on that, but is everyone going to hop all in on that? Let me get some Thursday night exposure. Well, let me, let me give, give you a little reason to fade it. Um, obviously, I think the herd is going to be more overweight this game than they should. Ty's made some great points about the Carolina defense, how it's improved, and how Carolina's really going to be trying to run the ball. Uh, Khalil, obviously, all those are great points. I need Jonathan Stewart for a Monday-Thursday contest badly, so I'd love hearing every word that came out of Ty's mouth. Uh, Benjamin hasn't really been that great. Bro is going to be a big factor in this game. Uh, I don't have any final word. I'm just looking it up right now. Elvin Bro is questionable. I know he played last week, but I think he had a minor setback this week. Uh, didn't practice this week, which is obviously a concern, so – He's actually done a pretty good job on Kelvin Benjamin. He shit on Kelvin Benjamin both times they played. So if bro's in, I'm all out, Kelvin. But the thing about this is everyone's talking about how the last two times these teams played, they scored 79 points. Yeah, both those games were in New Orleans. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what we have to remember. I mean, if you look at Breeze, 
his last two trips to Carolina in 2013 and 2014, he threw for 297 and 281 with one touchdown in each. So Josh Norman. Yeah. I mean, obviously, but yeah, but still, I mean, it's, we know Breeze on the road, so we know he's not the same quarterback on the road. The Carolina defense has improved, obviously. And uh, who, who was the one that you were talking about? Ty, was it, uh, was it Bradbury that you were talking about coming back? That was important. Yeah. Yeah. He, he seemed to calm the pass defense down a little bit. I, I, I'm still not going to say that they're not going to – Breeze isn't going to throw for 300 yards and a couple touchdowns, but I don't think it's going to be as nuts going up and down the field, both teams. Um, there's actually – on for a Monday-Thursday slate, um, the one guy that I'm, I'm looking forward to is Devin Funches. I think he is – the last two weeks he's had touchdowns, I believe. Uh, I know he had one last week, and it was like a 25-30 yarder. They're getting him more and more involved, and he's got, like, a ton of confidence catching the ball. He's actually attacking the ball. Um, this is, like, just Monday, Thursday, if you're just trying to, to win and you, you you have something that looking like you have a shot at it and you want to get real crazy. But I think he's got a shot at a touchdown tonight and, and having a decent game. It's looking like um, if, if Ted Ginn doesn't go go off or go nuts, it's going to be Devin Funches has – has a touchdown yeah, and at 3,700, like you said, on those Monday, Thursday contests, um, I pumped my Monday, Thursday contest in like five minutes before lock and my donkey ass has Eifert in the flex on like most of my team. Yeah. I, have, that's a, hard. So hard. I never make that mistake. That yeah. I had, uh, I actually stayed off cam. I had Eli and, and AJ and Odell and Eifert, but I, I have bunches in one spot. So, Maybe he'll come through. Funches and Stewart left, so. Yeah, so I'd love to pivot to Funches in one of those teams that I got my, <laughs> got my flex locked up like a fucking asshole. <laughs> that was fucking total JV donkey move, and I'll admit that. Nasty. No, the best part was you sent me a screenshot. You're like, this is the nuts, huh? I'm like, yeah, you're tight end in the flex? Yeah, it's the nuts. <laughs> well, my team, sure. my team has Eli Beckham, Green, Shepard, and Eifert. And I'm like, dude, this is the nuts right now, right? <laughs> He's like, you have Eifert in the flex? I'm like, I was so hoping you wouldn't realize that. <laughs> Five minutes before lock, you're not thinking. You're just clicking and clicking and clicking. Hey, uh, I got a Tommy stat for you. So, in Drew Brees' last two games on the road, he's thrown for over 300 yards and three touchdowns. No, I, I'm so, aware. He's been much better. That's a Tommy stat because I didn't talk about the two games before that where he didn't do that. So. <laughs> where he threw for 207 and 263. You also yeah. mentioned that one of those games was against San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the Kansas City was the, was the really impressive one that I think floored all of us. You know, Kansas City's great defense at home. He went into Kansas City and just fucking lit him up for 367 and three. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm kind of hoping. I think part of the factor for me is that this is an absolute – do or die must win game for Carolina knowing that they're playing new Orleans. I'm hoping they have some success on the ground, which they should. I like what you were saying there, Ty. And I think they're going to try and grind this game out and try and keep Drew Brees off the field. At least if it was me, that's what I would try and do. So interesting game. So we have Funches as a little sneaky spot. Sneed would always be a low owned sneaky spot for Monday, Thursday. I don't think either of those are playable on the full slate. Me and, me and Ty actually kind of like the Jonathan Stewart play here. Me, because I'm biased. Ty, because he, he likes to play. Uh, Ingram and Hightower is kind of a little bit of a shit show. I think Ingram is the lead back now again. I don't think we have to worry about that, but I think it's still a you know 60-40 split with Ingram catching more balls. Fleener, we'll see if he can replicate what he did last time. Benjamin, we seem a little bit low on, and Greg Olson obviously is always in play. Anything I missed there? Well, 
well, not not on that game, but on this slate specific is the fact that the Raiders are playing. And that's one reason to fade Thursday, I think, because the only way you're going to be able to play Derek Carr, who I really like this week because he's going to be 1% owned and I think is got a deceptively good matchup, is to play this slate and fade, you know, not play Cam or something. So I think that that's one reason you fade that game is get Derek Carr, pair him up with Amari Cooper, um, Michael Crabtree, and uh, yeah, that's a contrarian play. I think. I like yeah, that. and I think another reason to fade the slate is just because I mean, it's always you're always safe fading the Thursday slate because even if it goes off, you still got options this Sunday. We still have the Colts Titans game. We still have the Redskins Packers. We still have Brady going to San Fran where he idolized the. Montana his whole entire life we still have you know Pittsburgh Steelers going to Cleveland so you can thwart it off and if by some chance this is I mean we saw what happened with New Orleans and the Giants what was that week two where like that game was fucking so overowned and it was on a Sunday and it just flopped and New Orleans defense has been better of late too so I I think I'm gonna play this where I put in two or three lineups and on one or two of them I'm definitely gonna fade the whole game and just cross my fingers and play pray for 2017 but I'll tell you this, if you do fade this game tonight and it does even go 27-21, it doesn't need to go 17-14. If it's just lower than the 50 total, you're going to be in a pretty good spot for Sunday with all the options that are out there because the ownership on these guys are going to be fucking through the roof tonight. So Depending on who scored the touchdowns. But yeah. What's that? <laughs> yeah, depending on who scores the touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, let's just hope Jonathan Stewart, Mark Ingram score all the touchdowns and then fucking yeah. <laughs> but I think we got a decent shot of that. Let's real quick. We got about five minutes left. Let's just go through some of the chalk plays for this week. Uh, I'm just going to run a few names that I think are going to be chalk this week. And then uh, Ty, I'll kick to you first. And then Jeff, just, just 30 seconds on which one of these guys you like the most. I think it's Luck, Roethlisberger, Brady, and Mariota this week. I think those are the four main quarterbacks. Ty, who are you looking at if you had to pick one of those? Luck, Roethlisberger, Brady, and Mariota. Um, I think – I think Luck's probably going to be the highest own, um, but it does look good for him. I think he's and, – and your ownership percentage on quarterbacks isn't isn't never – even if it's chalk, it's usually never through the roof that's going to just kill you. So, I, I would I like Luck. Yeah, and Jeff, I have a feeling you're going to go off this grid, but if you were on this grid, who would you go? Uh, I might stay on this grid and go with Big Ben. I think that Big Ben is the perfect DFS quarterback because he has the most – is the best chance of throwing for four touchdowns in any given game. So I like using Big Ben, and he's not the chalk this week. Like, I think he's maybe the fourth-ish most popular option. So I'll probably have some Big Ben. Yeah, I think I'm I on the – For you guys on that, like, the Steelers, their team, even though – have you ever seen them where they've blown out a game and, and stopped throwing the ball? Like, yeah, they, they don't still go. They're going to line up and just give Levy on belt. I don't know how many carries and the 20 carries in the second half just to ice the game. Yeah, no, that's the nice thing. I mean, whenever you're dealing with uh, the Patriots or the Steelers, they, I mean, plus, honestly, those two-point conversions that the Steelers get, they do add up. You know, if you got, if you got Brown and Ben and you catch a couple two-point conversions, they, I mean, those are points, and those points yeah. count. So they, they add up pretty quickly. You catch a couple of those. That's an extra eight points for two of those. So, you know, that is, that is an interesting factor. The only time I have seen the Steelers actually take their foot off the gas was the day when I had about, what was it, Jeff? I could have won like 140000 in like week three or four when they just stopped. They were up like 35 nothing at the half, and then they just threw the brakes on. So the one time they did it was the time they fucked me. But, of course, story of my life. So let's go to running back. Procise is going to be uber chalk. Bell's going to be uber chalk. 
I think DeMarco Murray and Blunt would probably be the four guys that I really see everyone gravitating to. Uh, Jeff, who are you looking at at those four? Um, so the interesting thing is that San Francisco now is not the lowest ranked adjusted DVOA run defense anymore after last week. The Colts are. So we've got DeMarco Murray um, getting a kind of just an insane matchup. You know, uh, up until this past week, we were talking about how the Niners have historically the worst defense of all time, maybe. And I know that Tommy used like those exact words, and now they're not even ranked as the worst adjusted run defense so I think DeMarco Murray's in a great spot if he's healthy and good to go which it sounds like he probably should be he'll be fairly chalky but not to the point like where we saw last week David Johnson means 60% on we're talking about like 20% for DeMarco Murray here so I like that quite a bit yeah and I think that says more about the fact that I'm right on both accounts one that San Francisco is still the worst defense rushing wise in history and two what I've been saying that DVOA isn't as reliable as everyone thinks but we can go the other way with that Ty what do you think of ProSize this week um I I like him but I was gonna bring this up earlier is if Rawls is coming back which it looks like he's gonna play and he looks any bit like he did last year before he got hurt if he if first time he touched the ball he goes for eight yards it looks like he has a spark I've Pete Carroll is going to keep giving the ball. That's what they want to do in Seattle. Like their identity is to run the ball up the middle. Procise doesn't seem like he's that between the tackles guy. I think he's going to get some catches for sure. But I think in a GPP, you can't just look for those five or six catches that he's going to get. You got to hope for he catches one and busts it for a touchdown. Um, yeah. That's pretty risky for me, especially at someone who's going to be possibly forty percent owned. I think pro. I think it's an easy fade. I think it's a great fade this week. Yeah. yeah. So wide receiver, obviously, a lot of the big guys are a lot of the top guys. Uh, Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown, T.Y. Hilton, who lit up uh, Tennessee earlier in the year. I don't believe Moncrief was there at that time yet. And Mike Evans, who people might be a little uh, little gun shy on, who who I think might be my favorite out of this group. But uh, Ty, who are you liking out of ODB, Antonio, T.Y., and Evans? Um, probably. Uh probably ODB. I like him. I think he's going to be lower of the guys. I, I, I don't know. T.Y. might be lower. I think people see the, the lower price on Moncrief and say he's the same guy that might get the same production right. as T.Y. and I'll pile on to him uh, so he can get some salary relief. So he might be lower. Um, it's between T.Y. and ODB. All right. What about you, Jeff? For receivers, I'm like distracted. Um, yeah, OD, ODB, Antonio Brown, TY, and Evans out of that. Well, you know, I like Ben, so naturally that's going to lead me to Antonio Brown. And, that, and before you go on, that brings us to the point of Antonio Brown's 9,500 this week. We saw Julio 9,500 last week. I went all in on him. Uh, he was phenomenal, even with three drops in that game going totally against script. It would, they just, Atlanta would just look worse than they have all year. He still had a monster game. Uh, Antonio Brown at 9,500. Do you think he's going to come in a little lower owned because people can get ODB for 85 and TY for 77? No, he'll be the highest owned wide receiver, I think. I will have a bet on that. I disagree with that. I don't think he'll be low owned, but I think if he was 85, he'd be 48% owned. And if he's 95, he'll be 22% owned. 20%. I won the Julio bet last week, man. You should listen to me. I, know. I won the other two bets too. We'll talk about that on Saturday. Is that true? <laughs> no, he didn't. I don't know. I'm just saying it because no. no, no one's here to prove it. I know I won the Ivory ownership bet. You won the Julio ownership bet, and I won another one. I forget what it was. Probably against Kevin. It was probably a quick bet. I always beat you on the Rams somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but. All right, so, so yeah, wide receiver is going to be interesting. I'm curious to see where those Browns receivers go. And just to wrap this up real quick, tight end, Martellus Bennett, assuming Gronk's not playing, is going to be uber chalk. Um, Zach Miller is going to be popular. Delaney Walker will be popular. Jordan Reed will be popular. Uh, out of those guys, Ty, who's your guy? 
uh, Jordan Reed as long as uh, Vernon Davis doesn't vulture anymore. Uh, I know. Touchdown. It's so annoying. It's so fucking Dude. annoying. But I agree with you on that one. What about you, Jeff? Uh, what are we on, tight end? Yeah. I should pay attention. In the, the show's track. better when you pay attention, yeah. I know, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Martellus Bennett? Yeah, okay. That's the guy, I guess. Okay, good job, um, Jeff. Thanks for the analysis. No, All right, next week, I, we'll just do it me and you. And, and... <laughs> hey, what's yeah. your thoughts on Ebron? Jeff? I like Ebron. So that's a guy that I've been keeping an eye on that I kind of asked Tommy and Kevin about a couple weeks back. Like, hey, actually, it was, uh, yeah, two weeks ago, thinking – like this is a guy we need to keep an eye on and he's cheap uh a little more expensive than he was he was around 3k two weeks ago right now he's up to 4100 i'm just wondering if they're pricing the upside out of him like what do we need now in tournaments to for ebron to pay off do we need like 18 instead of 14 now tommy yeah that's it's a little annoying like ebron i don't feel like he should be pretty much the same price as kelsey you know like yeah. They did price him up. I'd like to see him at 3,500. I mean, if Jason Witten after, you know, a couple of good games and, you know, Eifert's at 54, which is too high. There's a lot of mispricing on the tight ends. Martellus Bennett shouldn't be 37 this week. I mean, it, it kind of just makes you play Bennett almost just because if I'm going to spend 37 to 4,100 with no Gronk, I mean, how do you not go Bennett over Ebron? So you think there's going to be some Jack Doyle love? I mean, uh, I don't actually. I think he'll be sneaky. I think we're going to see Jack Doyle come in at like one percent owned because I think anyone who's stacking that game is going to go Delaney, and then anyone who's off that game is going to go Marty B and Ebron, and you know, I think Charles Clay's at twenty six hundred if you really needed to punt. So I think he could be a sneaky play. But anyway, I got to get on the radio in eight minutes. Uh, you will be hearing this after the radio show, but I will let you guys know. Anyway, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I have a serious XM show, Series Two Ten XM eighty seven. We bring on Jeff Collins. Ty's going to be joining us very frequently uh, over the course of the season. I'm on with Big Game Joe Dolan tonight. Kevin Adams usually on on Friday. Uh, Mad Lab's coming on. We have golf on Thursdays, Wednesdays. So a lot of stuff going on there, so make sure to check that out. Get over to FantasyGuruElite.com. You don't need a promo code. Everyone pays the same price. We have NBA. We have MMA. We have golf. We have NASCAR. We have football. We have, we'll have baseball. We'll have cricket if they launch it. Uh, everything that you need will be there. So we've been crushing it over there. Get over there and sign up. Uh, Jeff, any final words? Uh, sorry for paying attention to my Tinder this whole time. And <laughs> it Twitter, it was Tinder. You no, it wasn't more. Twitter. No, yeah, I'm in Santa Barbara, dude. I've been here for two days. So that's right. Yeah. You know what? I'll actually, I will actually excuse Tinder over Twitter. So if it was okay. Tinder, that's fine. As long as you're gonna get your dick wet, I'm good with that. And uh, Ty, any final words, brother? Nah, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to it. Now I'm gonna be. Uh... Looking for that Funches touchdown tonight. <laughs> you got a big, you're racing this weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's the final race of our year. Um, it's championship weekend. I'm running both races. So I'll be in the Xfinity race and the three Bass Pro and the Cup race, 95 Advil. So it's a Tommy G special. There we go. That's all I need. <laughs> I need it after my Saturday night. So everyone get over there. What's it on, FS1? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, actually NBC Sports. And probably the Sunday race will be on regular NBC. Awesome. So get over there, root on our boy Ty Dillon. Follow him on Twitter at Ty Dillon. Wish him luck. Congratulate him. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna have a good showing this week as usual. And then we are gonna have a lot more Ty Dillon over the next two and a half months. I'm Tommy G. Thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you. We love you. Good luck tonight. Stay catch. Forgive me for my wrongs. I have just begun. Mafia.